This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Those that God has called him to, do I hear an amen? The Bible says something about the gift. It says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Hallelujah. So we thank God that we have a man of God in the house where we have never had a scandal at Salvation Center. Do I hear an amen? I know there's many things that's going on out there in the world, but I want to thank God specifically for Salvation Center. And even so, those that are having trouble, those churches that they are scandals and the pastor has gone through so many different things, ups and downs, the Bible is making sure we understand something. The gifts and calling of God is without repentance. Another translation says, it is irrevocable. So, once God has set a man to be over a, a, a congregation or to do a particular thing, most people are under the impression that because men turn their backs on the man of God or the woman of God or anyone that he has called to do anything that God also turns his back but the Bible does not say so. Do I hear an amen? The Bible says the gifts and Romans eleven twenty nine. it says for the gifts and what? His call are everybody thinks once a man of God makes a mistake I remember that there was a few years ago a video that was going around about a man of God who slapped a congregation member slapped her and said that uh, because the girl said that she was a witch for Jesus so he was addressing her that you are a witch you are a witch and so she said well I'm a witch for Jesus I'm a witch for Jesus. And he took his hand and he slapped her across the face. Oh, the internet went wild. The internet was roaring. How dare he? This, this isn't that. You don't do that. This is a new generation. And all that. One thing that you must understand is that men of God are first. The title. Let's look at the title of the word. Man of God. They are men before they are anything else. Amen. They are what? men before anything else. So that means that a man of God is subject to mistakes. Hallelujah. A what? A man of God is subject or a woman of God or a girl of God or a boy of God is what? Subject to mistakes because they are not completely in the spirit. Amen. We're still wrestling against flesh and blood and spirit and they're all going together but it does not mean that God has taken him out of the place of authority we have examples of it in the Bible where God will still leave them there amen so it is important for us to understand that when we're talking about gifts the gifts and calling of God is without repentance there are quotes that says that your gift is not for you the gift that is on your life is not for you. It is for somebody else. Amen. When you have a gift, like we're still talking about general gifts now. You have a gift where you, um, uh, uh, I don't know, you are able to, I don't know, let somebody give me a gift. 
just a general gift, a general gift, something that you, you can sing, amen. And you sing in your quiet, uh, you sing in your shower all the time. You sing in your shower, and those water droplets are still falling, and they're not blessed, amen. The water droplets that you're singing for, they're just coming down the same way. They're not blessed. Whereas, when you have a gift to sing and you let people hear it, that gift begins to bless people. I'm not even talking about in the church. I'm talking about Michael Jackson. When Michael Jackson is, I was going to say ministering, because I always wonder why they are crying. When Michael Jackson is on the stage doing what is called gift, when he is in his element, you know, we all have our elements, amen. There are probably some people in the court of law. Oh, Tony is in the house. My lawyer, hallelujah. In the court of law. When they are in the courtroom, they appreciate the courtroom. Hallelujah. And they begin to dance in the courtroom. And that is their element. Amen. When Michael Jackson is on the stage, he is in his element. He is doing and his body is radiating the thing that God has placed on the inside of him. It's called gift. And when he's doing it, the vibration is moving so much people that they are weeping when it's not anointing. The power of a gift is a very strong power. When you utilize your gift well, People are going to be touched. I'm not talking about blessed yet. People will be touched when you allow yourself to be in your element. I tell people all the time, when I am preaching, I am in my element. Look, I'm not this confident when I go to the bedside as a registered nurse and I'm trying to check the, ma check the mom to see how many centimeters. I'm always second guessing. And we go back to the wall and we say, well, maybe it was seven. Maybe we're, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not this confident when I'm there, but when I'm on the pulpit, I feel comfortable. Hallelujah. I am in my element. Somebody say my element. I feel comfortable to be able to dance on the pulpit because I know that I was born to speak. Hallelujah. It's very important to be able to identify your gift. I'm not even talking spirit yet. I'm not talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit yet. Amen. I'm talking about gift in general. There are some people you are not fulfilling uh, what, you, what you should be fulfilling because you have ignored your gift and you are doing something that isn't. You know, I got to get up every morning. You have anxiety because you got to go to that same job. If the job is giving you anxiety, you need to quit. Quit. Somebody say quit. Quit. Quit that job. Look, you can still stay a nurse and find another job where you will be comfortable. If you're getting anxiety and you're going to work every day, you need to quit. Tell your neighbor, quit tomorrow. Put in your two weeks notice. I'm telling Tell your neighbor, if you're having anxiety, put in your two week notice. No one should be having anxiety when you're going to work. Do I hear an amen? I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but there should be what they call, they, what, what, there's something called a hostile work environment. If you are in a hostile, hostile work environment, put in, finish it for me. Put in your two weeks notice. Amen. In fact, for us nurses, <laughs> I mean, they just say, don't burn bridges. Amen? Because for us nurses, 
Sister Obi, we, we, I can quit right there and then. I'm done. I quit. When, I mean, when I hand over my patient, don't go and do nonsense. So don't go and do patient abandonment. Amen. Saying that Pastor Joyce said, I can quit today. And I'll quit. Praise God. Let the next shift come. Amen. Hand over properly and say, <laughs> hit the road, Jack. And I ain't coming back no more. No. Amen. The reason why I say nurses can quit right there and then is because we're hot cake. Somebody say hot cake. If Baptists decide to fire me today, I go to Methodist. And Methodist will be like, welcome. We will give you a bonus, especially in this pandemic. Hallelujah. What am I saying? If you're having anxiety at your job, put in your two weeks notice. Do I hear an amen? There are some individuals, they have ignored their gift and they are pursuing what is making them because everybody is doing splunk. You too, you want to die in splunk. And splunk is not for you. Somebody said, splunk may not be for you. Say to your neighbor, splunk may be for shell, but it may not be for you. Say, sister, brother, I'm telling you the truth today. Splunk may be for shell. But it may not be for you. Look at these gorgeous balloons here. I use it to distress now. Amen. I use balloons to distress. I notice that I like it. Amen. I like doing it. It makes me feel good. Whereas some people are telling me the rubbing of balloons, it gives them headache. It makes them uncomfortable. But for me, the rubbing of that balloon coming together, creating art with it, it gives me pleasure. It makes my stress level go down. It's important for you to discover gifts in you. Now, let's talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We're talking on another level. Amen. Look, people can come, go to Michael Jackson's current concert. May his soul rest in peace. They can go to Michael Jackson's concert and come, go there, cry, shake, do everything, and they go home still the same. Amen. They cried for nothing. It was nothing. It had no meaning. Do I hear an amen? But when we talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit, that you and I, Christians, we possess, hallelujah, the Bible tells us about the gifts, that it is without repentance, meaning that it is irrevocable. When God gives the gift, he gives it and it is permanent. And it is your job as a Christian to go out into the world and bless people with this gift and understand it's not the same gift as Michael Jackson and the people crying look if people are crying when you are producing the gift of the spirit to them they're crying because they are touched and there is a change that is happening on the inside of them amen there's a quote that says love the giver and not the gift amen love the what the giver and not the gift. We're going to read the scriptures and we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But before we do that, I want two young people because the question really is, how do I know my calling? I've talked about um, natural gifts, singing, hair, balloons, cakes, or whatever have you. But then I said that there's also a difference when we're talking about the gift 
of the spirit, your calling. The Bible says that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. So how do you now know that something is your calling? So I have two teenagers that we've been talking about gifts, amen? They're going to come up and they're going to tell you how they were able to know. Because you know what? I believe that young people need to know. It's by the time you're 55 like pastor and you're just now trying to figure out your calling, I'm not going to say it's too late, praise God, because it's never too late, amen. But it, it behooves us to find out right now. Somebody say, I had to find out right now. So Tommy come and Ade come. They shared with us during their, their um, lock-in how, I said that, how many of you here, this is how I presented it to them, how many of you here know that you are called. You know that there is a calling of God on your life. They all came out. All the, everybody that came out, they came out. And so these two, they're going to say to you what they said to us at the locket. How do you know that you are called? And what are you called to? So I want to start with you, Ade. Um, for me, myself, my earliest memory as it relates to music was when I was like four or five. There about. <laughs> I was about four or five years old and I used to watch America's Got Talent or X Factor and then I would see the contestants and they would be singing and then I would run to my bedroom and I would try the exact same thing they did it was rubbish obviously so but I didn't care so I came back and contestant after contestant I kept on trying what they would do and it was still nonsense but I mean I was five I didn't, it didn't really bother me so I remember one particular time that I was in the shower and funny co-pastor mentioned Michael Jackson I was singing Michael Jackson song and it was speechless I'm not going to sing the song, but but I was singing the song. I remember I held a note, and I was the only one in the shower, and my voice echoed in this in the shower, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe maybe I'm actually good at singing. So that was like six years old, and so as I grew up, every time I would see not just music in general, but I'll just use music as like one gift. So every time I would see people lead, leading praise and worship, or whatever the case may be, or people like co-pastor or people leading up there, the, I was going to say the calling, but the pool was there, like the feeling I had when everyone else was speaking wasn't the feeling of, oh, this person is amazing, it was the feeling of, I can actually do this. And even though I was 13, 12, 5, respective of the age, there was just always a pool. And most people already have a pool for things to like, not even most people, everybody has a pool for that. You just need to take the time to, you know, realize it. So for me, it was music, you might have had you know, memories or experiences like that when you were younger, but there's something around you in your environment at every point in time. The fact that you're here right now, at every single point in time, that explains why you are there. So your purpose is always around you. So Praise God. Praise God. He talked about a pool. Let's encourage him. He talked about a pool. There's a lot of individuals, you're filling the pool and you're sitting down there. One thing that I want to definitely tell you about calling is if you don't get up to fulfill that call, no matter what you do, you will never feel fulfilled. You will do everything. You'll be, you'll be busy. You'll be doing stuff, and you'll be good at it. But until you answer that call, and you know, because when it is happening, you feel that pull. People, I've gone to conferences where I'm speaking, and women come to me and say, ma'am, when you were speaking, there's something was pulling me. I said, because you are a preacher and you're sitting down. You need to start training yourself. I said it's like when, when Mary met with 
Mar uh, with uh, Elizabeth. The Bible says that, and the baby in the womb of Elizabeth, it leaked. Why you feel the pull is because the baby, the seed that God has placed on the inside of it, is leaping. It's leaping. After a while, it's going to be two, nine months. It needs to come out. And if you don't, you will not be comfortable. You will not feel fulfilled. You will feel like you just, and then you think that maybe it's anxiety or depression or whatever. It's because you are not fulfilling the call of God upon your life. Tommy. How did you know that you have a calling? And what else did I say? Why? What, what, what is, is the, the call? call? Yes. So my earliest memory was around that age to like six years old. There used to be a program in church that we would do called God of Miracles. And my mom would be ministering and for some reason I would just be weeping. So she called me to the front and she's like, Tommy, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know. I just feel overwhelmed. And I just thought, I don't know, I thought something was wrong with me. Like, I'm just very, I thought I was very emotional. I thought I'm just a very sensitive person. But I wasn't, I didn't realize that I was just very sensitive in the spirit. So for a, a long time, up until now, I would just have different encounters with God at church. At our six-hour praise, I had an encounter. And every time it would happen I would dwell on it for that day and then I would just like push it off and for me specifically as a pastor's kid I think a lot of pastor's kids can relate like you just decide when you get older this church thing instead of being behind instead of being behind the scenes and being there through all of it you just want to come to church and go home like I told myself when I grow up I'm just gonna come to church with my family and I'm gonna go home I'm not gonna do all of that like that some of y'all do stuff. you know <laughs> all of that deep stuff like I just want to be a regular church goer I'm gonna be a Christian but I'm gonna be a regular church person and so I was kind of always like running away from it but I would have that encounter and I'd be like what like what is this what am I feeling and also I had a lot of a lot of my characteristics, like a lot of my character attributes, I just thought they were just for vibes. That's what I say. Like, I'm very bold. I can get up here and speak. I can talk to anybody. I'm, I'm not afraid to say, like, the truth or how I feel. And I just thought, like, this just makes me a good person. Like, <laughs> I'm just cool. But so all of those things, like, combined kind of led me to the point where I really discovered like, and this was about a, a month and a half ago, that all of these things, it's, it's part of my calling. It's not just for vibes. I'm not just an emotional person. This, these, all these attributes that I have and all these characteristics and all these experiences I'm having is calling me to preach the gospel and to be a minister to young people and to use my own personal testimony to help people understand that you can go through this or this can happen to you and you can still come out and preach the gospel or be a great person of God or fulfill destiny. So that was how like my calling and my purpose kind of came together and I realized what it was. Amen. Another way that you can, thank you, thank you very much. Another way that you can know that you're called to something is it can be prophesied to you. Amen. During the lock-in, I prophesied to, um, and it was all recorded and documented. I prophesied to Ade, so he was thinking just music. But I told him where I was seeing him was, when Ade came back, I told him that I'm not sure if I noticed it the first time that he was here. 
but maybe there was something that happened there was an encounter that he experienced between the last time and this time that he came back but when I did when I saw him again there is a serious a mighty glory on him on his life anyone you don't have to be you know super super sensitive to be able to see that there is something on the life of this young man and one thing that the Lord showed me is that I saw him on in the midst of a sea of people as an evangelist and I see him um, ministering to people as an evangelist a worldwide world-renowned evangelist and I told him you need to start nurturing God it wasn't even though maybe the evangelist part was like new to him but the things the pulling is in him already you know his brother is always laughing about it Tommy's always laughing about it the boy is always fasting because that there is a pool. He knows that he was born for something. You may not know exactly what it is yet, but begin the preparation. Tell your neighbor, begin the preparation. And then I noticed that told me from a very young age, she's very sensitive to people. She has discernment of spirit. If she tells me that mommy, this person in church, this, 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 and this, I just say, okay, well, okay. And then eventually it's going to become that. She has that discerning of spirit. She has the word of knowledge, word of wisdom. She is able to prophesy things that are to come. It's very, you know. So another way you can know is when someone uh, prophesies in your life that there's this gift that you have. Or, or they can, they can uh, yeah, pray over you and then they can receive for you that this is something that God is wanting to do. I want us to look very quickly and we're going to start it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be reading the NIV so we can have better understanding about the gifts and calling of God because we cannot just come to church and sit down and go home every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday. There is a reason why you are born. I tell people all the time if you were not aborted in the womb, I'm not even talking about um, um, uh, what do they call it? A an abortion that was meant. I'm talking about a spontaneous abortion. You did not, your mother did not miscarry you. Amen. You were able to make it to where you are today. It means that God has a purpose for you. And you must live a purpose-driven life. I want you to say to your neighbor, I must live a purpose-driven life. So we want to understand the gifts and callings of God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We're going to start from 1. It says, brothers and sisters, and we're reading from the NIV. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know that at one time you were unbelievers. You were somehow drawn away to worship status of gods that couldn't even speak. So I want you to know that no one who is speaking with the help of God's spirit says, may Jesus be cursed. And without the help of the Holy Spirit, no one can say, Jesus is Lord. There are different kinds of spirit. Somebody say amen. Remember we mentioned when we're talking about the fruit of the spirit, we said that when we talk about fruit of the spirit, there is only one fruit. It is who it is a singular. And so in that singular fruit, there are all the things that the Bible says are fruits, love, kindness, gentleness, and all those things. You have them. It is one fruit. If you are of Christ, you have fruits of the Spirit. Amen. It's not something you're going to get. The fruit of the Spirit is not something you're going to get. The fruit of the Spirit comes upon you when you become a child of God. Amen. 
the fruit of the spirit is something that comes upon you when you receive Christ. Gentleness is inside of you. So don't say, I'm just rough. That's the way I am. No, you are a child of God. Control is in your power. So we said that those are, are that the, the fruit of the spirit is one fruit. The gift is a little different. Amen. And it continues, we continue reading, it says, there are different what? Kinds of gifts with an S, meaning that this time, when we're talking about gifts, it is plural. Amen. But it says, but the, they are all given by believers by the same spirit. Given to believers by the same spirit. So again, trying to clarify the difference between gifts of the spirit versus fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit comes upon you when you receive Christ. The so it's only one fruit, amen, and can be given to many. Whereas in the opposite of the gifts of the spirit, there are different gifts, but the same giver. Do we understand the difference? For fruit, the fruit of the spirit is one fruit, gentleness, love, kindness, all those things. One fruit given to us when we receive Christ, given only one. Whereas the gift of the Spirit, what is one in that equation is God. The giver is the same that gives gifts, different kinds of gifts. That's what makes us unique and makes us come together as the body of Christ. Let's continue reading very quickly. It says, there are, verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but they are all given to believers by what? the same spirit let's read together amen it says there are different ways to serve but they all come from where the same lord it says there are different ways the spirit works but the same god is working in all these ways and in all people verse 7 says the holy spirit is given to each of us in a special way that is for the good of all the good of who? All. Amen. To some people, the gift, the Spirit gives a message of wisdom. To others, the same Spirit gives a message of knowledge. To others, the same Spirit gives faith. To others, that one Spirit gives gifts of healing. To others, He gives the power to do miracles. To others, he gives the ability to prophesy. To others, he gives the ability to tell the spirit apart. That's told me. To others, he gives the ability to speak in different kinds of languages they had not known before. And to still others, he gives the ability to explain what was said in those languages. All the gifts are produced by one and the same spirit he gives gifts to each person just as he decides so the question that I have for you is which gift is the superior gift out of all these ones that I mentioned which one is greater is it miracles which one somebody raise your hand which gift is the biggest the strongest the most mightiest, the most the more the one with more affluence. Which one? Yes, sir. Okay. Anybody else with a different opinion? This looks like Bible study. Yes, please go ahead. 
None of them is superior. That's an excellent answer. We have the same God that gave these gifts. There is not one that is superior to the other. So when somebody is doing the working of miracle, and you are over here, and you're, you're speaking in tongues, and you're thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It doesn't mean that you can't have that gift, because you actually can have all of them. But don't think that you are less because you're not. You know, somebody comes on here and they're doing bragada, bragada, fire, and you know, fire is falling from heaven and all of that. That gift is supposed to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen. That gift is supposed to be what? A blessing to the body of God. So we understand that quote that says, love the giver and not the gift. Do you know the problem with Christians? They love the gift more than the giver. We are talking about Christians who are chasers of miracles and signs and wonders, especially amongst the African and Caribbean and Haitian community. I don't know what it is with us. We are always chasers of miracles, miracle signs and wonders. There is a man in Chicago. We are going there. We will drive. It will be okay. You will leave your service where the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom is coming forth for you to be blessed, for you to be rejuvenized. You will travel to Chicago by road because there's a man of God. Signs and wonders is in this ministry because you believe that there are superiority in the gift that God gives. But there isn't. The same way that we need miracles is the same way we need the word of wisdom. And we need the word of knowledge. It is the same way we need the gift of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to get out of the mindset that one gift is superior. And stop treating one gift above the other. If you don't and you continue to chase gifts, you will be just aimless all over the world. And you will not be able to focus. There is a saying in a, in a particular language, they said that it is the urination that you're doing in one location. So if somebody, you see a dog, a dog is urinating, and when the, when the owner is walking the dog, every so few steps, he pees and he pees. What dogs are doing when they do that is that they're actually marking territories. But for, for a human being, when we usually urinate, you urinate in one location. And so when you urinate in that location, you see like some sort of a, I don't know if it's a physical reaction or a chemical reaction, but I think it's physical. It starts to bubble up. The same way if you're pouring water, you're pouring water or something that's mixed with something, you see a change. If you're all over the place, you're chasing every, every miracle man. You're going to Chicago today, Houston tomorrow. There's another great man of God. You're all Nigeria. I must call the prophet in Nigeria. This, 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 and that. And you're raising kids that are all over the place. Concentration, focus. Focus on what you got. If you don't like it, change it. Change it. And you know, I have changed. I don't like this church. There's, I don't like the way they're doing stuff. Find a church and stay there. Focus. Concentration. Consistency is where you see growth. Is where you see a change in an individual. Those individuals, you watch them. Just watch them. Anyone that you know, chasing miracle, man of God today. I'm calling Nigeria. I'm calling Ghana. Just this, that. Look at their life. Just examine their life, all over the place. 
with all the prophecy, with all the miracles, with all the man of God, you're still working three jobs. Concentration, focus is what makes a change in life. Dedication, dedication. When you are at a place and you are focused, you know that this ministry is blessing me. You're being blessed by one ministry, but you want to be blessed by five others. What am I trying to identify? I am identifying individuals who love the gift more than the giver. Focus on God. Tell your neighbor, focus on God. He is the giver of gifts. Focus on God. Yesterday when we were here, you know, till last, uh, late last night, I was again telling the young people, you know, one was like, oh, well, you know, when am I going to have a solid relationship? And I said, the reason why... So he was comparing himself to another young person who has a relationship and he shared with us his relationship um, story and how it was God, there was a God factor there and you know, it, it's, that's how he knows for sure that this woman is the person and he's eventually going to marry her. And then the other one is like, well, when am I going to have a relationship? I said, the problem is you are focused on the wrong thing. Do I hear an Amen. If we're focused on the gift, we will not be able to appreciate the giver. Amen, somebody. I told the young man, I said, you're focused on the wrong thing. You're focused, you're pursuing a relationship. But what you should do is pursue God. The Bible says very clearly that if you delight yourself in the Lord, all these things, all these things shall be what? be added to you so I said you're chasing the wrong thing you are focused on relationship you're not focused on God the God that makes relationship the God that can put in a woman's heart that she is your wife so that by the time you approach her she said I knew you were coming somebody say glory when Pastor Koya approached me, the Lord had already dealt with me. Hallelujah. So though he was my older brother, because Pastor is a whole nine years. A whole, what did I say? Nine years older than me. I used to call him Boda. Boda Mikoye. Yeah. I used to call him because him and my older brother were best friends. So in my wildest imagination, I would have thought, even till today, you can never see me call Pastor by his name. Can you, you want to hug me like that? It makes me, every now and again when I remember, you know, when, we're, when we have the, you know, the candlelight special in my bedroom, I remember again, how can you, I'm, nine years, my brother had a fit. Because we grew up together in Ibadan. He was my, I mean, they knew me when I was baby. They all carried me all around. So when, they, when he told my brother, made his intent, no. My brother, it can never be possible. Koye. Koye and Ayo, can, can you come, he can't marry her now? That's his little sister. He was adamant. He was upset. Like, how can you, you pedophile? How can you? My brother, ah, and I'm, I'm 20, I'm, I'm 21. Pastor, pastor, they gave him a hard time. My brother was, so you've been thinking, have you been, ah, ah, what was your intent before? 
<laughs> it took my father. It took my father to say, I know how many, they're not really related like that. Let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. They're not related. He can go there. Praise God. So when you chase the giver, the gift follows because the Lord had already gone the same way he prepared the heart of Sarah for Abraham when, the, when he approached it. It's the same way he prepared my heart. So when he came with that question, the answer landed right, right away because the Lord had already been preparing me. And I was already ready that if this man asked me to marry him, I will say yes. So what am I saying again? It is important that you do not chase the gift. The gift is not what you, you should chase. Because the giver can give many gifts. And if you seek the giver, you will get the gift. It is inevitable you will get the gift. Come on, stand with me this morning. Put your we hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.